Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, Put your phone in your pocket and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. It was a special episode this week. I get to talk to my friend Kenzie Gleason. Uh, Really, really cool uh, person. Highly involved with the cryptozoology community. You're going to really enjoy this interview. Uh, she's got a lot of cool stuff going on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Kenzie Gleason from the podcast Crypto Chats Podcast and Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls. Enjoy. All right. Well, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have Kenzie Gleason with me today, uh, which is awesome. Because she does a lot of really cool things. Thanks for coming on, Kenzie. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Totally. She. Uh, so I'm just gonna read from. I found a a few uh, things. I. I mean, I know. I think I know a lot about <laughs> you. You're very involved with the community, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what it is you do. So, uh, oh. you're a cryptid investigator, paranormal investigator. You have your own podcast uh, about cryptids called the Crypto Chats Podcast, which is Really cool. Uh, I'm a fan of it. And also, you're the co-host of another one, which is uh, the Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls. Which is, and you're also doing some other cool stuff, too. But you are, uh, I also want to shout out that you are extremely involved with, like, the cryptid community. And uh, you do a lot of cool stuff. Like, you're very involved with, like, the Clubhouse community and um, Instagram, all that good stuff. But yeah. uh is there anything else that uh, you would want to put in there, uh, Kenzie, as well? That I honestly think in? you kind of covered all of it because that's really like on like a day to day basis. That's like really all the totally. stuff that I do. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Awesome. Awesome. And so let's just let's start with uh, talking about. So how was it that you uh, that you got interested in cryptozoology to begin with? 
So that started at a really early age for me, actually. Um, my dad is a ghost hunter. He has been mm. since he was a teenager and he is in his 50s now. Um, and so growing up, I did a lot of paranormal investigation with my dad. Um, but my dad's mom, my grandmother, um, was super interested in ufology. Uh, mm -hmm. And when she started to get more into it, uh, one of the big things that uh, was popular at that time was the correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings. Totally. So she kind of branched into cryptozoology from there. Um, and she was a big part of my life, especially when I was a child. And so she kind of passed those stories down to me. And from there, you know, I was already out in the field as an eight-year-old doing paranormal investigation with my dad. Uh, so from there, it kind of just grew into a love for cryptozoology as well. Um, and I've just been out in the woods ever since. That is awesome. Um, I'm not gonna super dox you. But um, <laughs> I'll say like, so you're, I can say you're in the New England area. That's yeah. cool, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, which, and, you know, I grew up out there too in the Western Mass area in like the stuff that you see, my goodness, like people from the other uh, ends of the US do not know what old stuff is. Like you get to like, you know, you're walking around the Freedom Trail in Boston or you're just walking through the woods mm -hmm. and you come upon a, a, uh, a house uh, that's that's run down or like a um, a stone wall or cemeteries. Oh, yeah. You find the cemeteries and they're just hanging out out there. Like oh, yeah. it's wild. It's they're wild. everywhere. One of my favorite places to go, actually, I'm pretty open about the fact that I'm from New Hampshire, um, mm. but there is an abandoned logging town up in the mountains oh. of New Hampshire called it's in this like town. The town's called Livermore. And mm -hmm. it's deep in the woods. And a lot of the foundations for the buildings are still there, but they're like completely overrun by the forest at this point. Um, oh. And in the summer and the fall, my friends and I like to go up there and try to refind it. Uh, Cause That's we kind of, cool. we lose it every time. And it's a super nice area, but it's one of the examples of like something that's super old. I think the last time it had a population at all um, was in 1902. <laughs> so <laughs> 1902 yeah that's one year before you know what 1903 family yeah. or visitor <laughs> that's the one reference for the episode got it in um ah, oh, that's so cool yeah i miss new england of course i'm out in the, the midwest right now but uh those abandoned towns like in um in western central mass we had a uh, you know the Quabbin reservoir and mm -hmm. uh it's this huge reservoir that was like made they had to flood out uh these towns and it's just it's wild because it's like you wouldn't know the towns are there because one they're out underwater but it's yeah. like it's just overgrown it's so cool to find these things that are you know lost to history right yeah but um do you have a favorite uh, cryptid from over the years? That's a loaded question. I, I know, right? I've found in all of my research, there is one cryptid I do not like. Um, mm. And it's that one that Sarah brought up on Clubhouse. I'm not going to say it because I don't want anybody oh, to look geez, into it because it's awful. That. Well, that's why I'm not going to say it because it's terrible and I hate it. The one that um, I had to edit out her yes. part like Swiss cheese. <laughs> yes. We think you're the um, best, Sarah. I love you, you are so the much, best. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. That's the only one I have found that I don't like. Otherwise, okay. like, I don't really have a favorite. I think I mm. there's a good aspect to all of them to me. And I don't know. They're all special in their own way. 
Although That's I am true. partial to New England based cryptids. Mm-hmm. I would say that like so in Clubhouse, when you and and Alex Petikoff start going back and forth and like in swapping uh New England crypto stuff. It's really cool. You guys are uh, a force to reckon with for sure. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was trying to think of, I was like, man, what's the like first thing I can think of uh, remembering Kenzie. And it was like, it was the time you shared about uh, the Spectre Musa main. That was oh, really yes. cool. Yeah. I love that cryptid. It's one of like oh, the man. coolest ones out there. And he's so underrated. He is like, then I grew up in, you know, New England and I never heard of it. And it's like, I had yeah. to go out to Iowa to hear it from someone I think, um, out in New England. In New England, I think Massachusetts gets all of the, the limelight when it comes mm-hmm. to their cryptids um, and everything else kind of, not for any particular reason, but everything else kind of takes a backseat, which is why mm-hmm. you don't hear about things like the Spectre Moose of Maine or like the Wood Devils of Coas County and things like oh, that. Yeah, um, totally. It's just because we've got Massachusetts and we have like the Dover demon and we have pug budgies mm-hmm. and we have all yep. these other like really big things that came out of mass and totally. then everything else just kind of gets pushed inside. Mm, that is a good, that's a great point. Um, what would you say the, the main uh, cryptids that New Hampshire has, what, what is New Hampshire mainly known for? Would you say? Kind of really. So New Hampshire has its like fair amount of Sasquatch sightings. Um, Mm -hmm. There's been a handful of dogman sightings over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think mostly like New Hampshire specific is the Wood Devils of Coas County. And then like a little bit Pukwudgies, like not as much as Massachusetts, but because the land is all owned by the same um, indigenous tribe. I think it kind of gives them the ability to to move around freely throughout it. So Mm. i think um, new hampshire's like roots are really like more in the paranormal than anything okay interesting because it's you know a super old state there's a lot of haunted mm-hmm. locations here it's like tons of high strangeness so we get a lot of ufo sightings and True. we have a yep. ton of ghost stories and we kind of lack a little bit on the cryptid side but the ones that we do have are are like wicked cool oh totally it's like you know you could go i remember going into like uh well, you could go into country stores and you'd have like 10 different, you know, ghost stories of New England mm-hmm. books or like they have you guys have this weird thing called uh, used bookstores out there, which for yes. some reason they don't have in the Midwest. That's weird. Iowa. <laughs> well, I miss those a lot because it's like, man, the, it's ghost books everywhere and like crazy mm-hmm. stuff and it's good, good stuff. But I'm I'm curious. So how how do you explain what's the difference between a wood devil in like Sasquatch. So appearance wise, they're pretty different. Um, and behaviorally they're also really different. I think, and I've talked to Alex about this too. And like him being the other like New Hampshire native in the clubhouse group, he like, we, we go back and forth about it sometimes and him and I are on the same page about it, but we both think that wood devils are potentially like in the Sasquatch family tree. Mm. Um, but they're so different that they can't really, be mistaken for a Sasquatch um, because wood devils are about seven feet tall. And the the biggest difference between them and the standard Sasquatch is that they're really lean. They're really, really skinny. Yeah. Um, they're also like gray in color because uh, they their whole thing is that they kind of try to blend in with the trees in New England. Um, and mm. so they're really like light gray in color to try to match the bark, bark, 
Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. There's a reason it sounded wrong when it came out of my mouth. Um, and behaviorally, they're they're way more timid than a Sasquatch is usually oh. known to be. Um, and the wood devils have this kind of like thing that they do where if you get too close to them, they kind of just scream at you in like a, hey, back off, like get away yeah. from me. Um, and you know, when you watch a cartoon and like, you know, Bugs Bunny is hiding from the, the hunter. I don't totally, think that's right. Totally. Elmer um, Fudd. Yeah. And they're like going yeah, around yeah. the tree oppositely. Yep. Yep. So what devils have been known to do something like that to try to get away from people because they don't want the human interaction. Um, oh, and then if you do happen to run into one, they just kind of scream and they're like, Hey, get away from me. So that's some creepy stuff, man. Yeah. So behaviorally they, they don't act, I guess, like, I don't think Sasquatches at least as a whole are like wildly aggressive or like, you know, adamantly like trying to pick a fight, but like mm -hmm. they're definitely a little bit more protective of their space than something sure. like a wood devil. That's just yelling at you being like, Hey, please, please don't. <laughs> I would, I, man, I, if I'm like in the, so first off, it's like you go in the woods in Northern New Hampshire and you're already like, I remember freaking out. Cause it's like, Oh, we're going to find a moose and the moose is going to like run us over. Cause that's yes. what you're told as a little kid. Like, you know, if the there's a moose, like, they're not the smartest creatures and they'll walk right over your car. Like people don't understand that. I think a lot they of people, are smart. I think they're just like aggressively mean interesting okay i don't think that they're dumb i think they know exactly what they're doing and they're out to get us all <laughs> oh man they're like they're mercenary tanks yeah no really sure. terrifying oh, animals Ooh. well and also that new hampshire is 81 percent forest so it's like really plenty of yeah it's uh i looked it up yesterday for for clubhouse it was i think nice. eight 0.4 million acre maybe 4.8 million acres i think it might be 4.8 million acres of the state is wooded wow so it's like there's I totally plenty of opportunities to get lost yeah oh totally and there's like so many stories out there of like if you like the uh 411 stuff like yeah you can like totally like mm -hmm. i remember reading a book as a as a little kid like um don fendler this young dude who got lost on uh well the book is called lost on a mountain in maine he's, i think he's like up in the katahdin area but they mm -hmm. find him but um yeah it always doesn't end like that yeah, unfortunately no. but um so let's see let's see um there's a there's one uh, there's another thing that we haven't gone over yet so you got a really cool opportunity if we could talk about that for a little bit yeah. so what is a cool thing that you are doing this summer if you don't mind sharing so I have a summer internship position at the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, yeah, which so is cool. directed by Lauren Coleman, mm -hmm. which is really cool. I get to be there a couple days a week and basically just like hang out oh. at the museum. I get to talk to people about cryptozoology, um, oh, clean fingerprints off of the display cases, which yeah. is actually more fun than you would think it was. Okay. Um, because I get to also look in the display cases while... I'm cleaning. So I get to, so cool. you know, be sitting there looking at these exhibits while I'm also cleaning and making it enjoyable for the people that come to the museum. Um, and it's really cool. I've been there a couple days so far. I absolutely love it. Um, so that'll be my summer spent at the Cryptozoology Museum. That is so cool. Um, I was there, we were there like maybe a few years ago. So if you go back a few years, you can see I'm in the, I don't know if they still have the register that you can sign there. Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll so, look through it. I actually work tomorrow, so I'll go. I look think it, it actually says you. Bigfoot. I think it says Bigfoot Society because that Perfect. was like just when I was starting, like the mm-hmm. first time. Uh, so I didn't really like realize a lot of how that cool that museum was. Because yeah. at that point, I'm like, oh, Bigfoot is cool. Not like, <laughs> oh, this place has uh, stuff from Ape Canyon. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, there's a difference, you know? We have a lot of really cool stuff there too. And yeah. like sometimes I I like will go and kind of look at stuff and be like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe this is in here. Right. Like that's crazy. Oh yeah. Awesome. Is there um what is uh some of are there some items that like what are those items that are like, wow, this is just like this is crazy that I feel like you're gonna have this. to come and, and find out. Well, I that's true. I don't want to wanna give away <laughs> you, you don't want to you don't want to give away all of it, but maybe just one thing. Maybe just well, we do have, and I'm sure you've seen this on Instagram, yeah. uh, the eight foot tall Bigfoot that everybody takes pictures oh, with. Oh, yeah, totally. totally. Um, I can't remember what Jean said his name is, but she gave him a name. Um, and there's also the Bigfoot um, outside of the museum. And I know his name is true. Elwood. I did not know that that has a name. That is new mm-hmm. for me. Very cool. I think, I can't remember. It's like, I think it starts with a C maybe. I don't okay. know. Jean said it very quickly, so I don't remember what the the selfie one inside the museum is called, uh, but the really tall wooden uh, carving of the Bigfoot outside of the museum, his name is Elwood. That's amazing. Mm, <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. There's some. So if you're going to go to the International Cryptozoology Museum, don't even look through the pictures online. Don't spoil it for yeah. yourself. It's, not it's like it. so much better. It's not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. It's so cool. Um, man, I'm, I'm jealous. Cause like, you know, <laughs> you're going to like, you're going to be sitting there one day and it's like the coolest person is going to walk in and you'll be like, Oh my goodness. It's the coolest person ever that I, <laughs> I would mean, not I be expecting. Yeah. So far but. it's been, it's been amazing. It's just, it's a great opportunity and it's definitely a dream of mine to not only work in that museum, but get to talk to people who have, yeah. you know, every level of interest in cryptozoology about cryptozoology, you know, having people oh, totally. walk up to me and be like, Hey, can you explain this thing to me? I'm like me, you're asking me like, of course wow. I will. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. It feels so, so cool. good. Can you, so do you have the ability? Um, I would, man, I don't know. So is that a thing where like, it's encouraged where it's like someone comes up to you and like, Hey, talk to me about uh this exhibit like yeah. you can go and do that that's really cool yeah i mean wow. i um i was asked the other day to go around and kind of look at everything and and mm. pick out some some highlights for me that i like can definitely okay. talk to people about that i know about um and then pick out some other things that i'm not as familiar with to do some uh-huh. research on so that when somebody does ask me i can tell them um and it was nice because my my first day there, I had a couple come up to me and ask me if Bigfoot sightings were specific to California. They were looking at a really? an exhibit about um, Bluff Creek and oh, asked yeah. me if that was something that was specific to California. And I got to be like, you know, it was actually not. <laughs> it's like, you know, we've got Sasquatches all over the world. Like the United States has wow. heavy Bigfoot sightings all over the country. Um, and it was really cool because you get to see them like light up and be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it's really nice. <laughs> it, yeah. It, or you could even be like, Hey, where are you from? Check this yeah. out. Let's go to the BRFRO website. Hey, look at all this is in your area. 
like you yeah. blow, totally blow their minds like we had some people yeah. then on monday who actually i believe some of them were from illinois we had a couple people from uh new york and just like all wow. over the country so i was like this is so cool oh totally oh man i i love that i am super super pumped that you're able to have this opportunity and there's some cool people that uh that work up there that i want to talk to eventually um it'll happen someday i know you (laughs) manifest it and like i think i think nate brislin is a cool dude i don't know him yet but i just have that feeling that he is he's very cool the next cool feeling (laughs) yeah yeah there's some uh there's some cool up-and-comers in the uh cryptozoology uh field definitely or just like community you know it's a community right totally totally um oh man very cool very cool what is it uh What's the whole manic uh, pixie dream goals about? What, if you were to do a summary on that, what's that all about? Um, that's <laughs> a hard question because yeah, who right. knows? Um, okay, it's it's a lot of like uh, like lore and cryptids based in lore, um, explained through the eyes of Sarah and I, mm. which is chaotic. Um but also it's explained in a way that's easy to understand, which okay. I like. And um, I think Sarah and I do a good job of like putting out information in a way that is easily digestible, but also fun. Um, mm. We've done Bat Boy from Weekly World News. Yeah, classic, mm-hmm. classic. We did, what have we done? We did Pukwudgies, we did Weebleheads. Um, our next episode, which I'll spoil it, that's fine. Mm, um, it's okay. actually on Spring Hill Jack and the Black Shook. Oh, yeah. Those are two yep. UK cryptids. That's um, true. I mean, yeah. Spring Hill Jack had like a brief stint in the United States, but we're not going to talk about that. So that's creep. one. Uh, that's what I've never really looked into because I'm like, well, you know, I'm too busy with like, I I stick to like actual like uh unknown animal like Mm -hmm. that's more my thing right but yeah there's some weird stuff out there so i'm glad someone's like covering the weird stuff you know that's yeah well that's like on my solo podcast like my my main focus is obscure north american cryptids so it's nice to be able to have um a space where i can branch out do stuff from across the world maybe things that aren't necessarily considered cryptids but like kind of you know toe the Mm -hmm. line a little bit um and it's fun because one way or another, they all kind of link it together. So uh, the thing I like about um, actually, I've heard multiple people say this about uh, the crypto chats is that it's like the perfect amount of time for if you're like usually like a normal <laughs> commute. Yeah, it's like 15, 20 minutes. And it's like, it's perfect. I've heard Greg say that I've, I've mm-hmm. multiple people have said that. That in makes fact, me feel so good. Hold on one second. This is totally an unprofessional, but because uh, we set this up, uh, I want to make sure that there are no questions. Holy mackerel. Okay. Well, <laughs> we got questions. I'm going to, I'm going to look through them real quick. Okay. Let's, let's face it. Kenzie, people are big fans. So because Yay. I put this up with like 10 minutes notice. And I know, like I usually that. when I do this, <laughs> it's like people they have like a day or two and it's like nothing. But anyways, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Strangeology. So Jeff. Okay. Hello, cool Jeff. Cool dude. Uh, he says, what's the best place to find a puck wedgie? Oh, that's a good mm. one. Freetown Fall River State Forest, I think, is probably your best bet. That area, East mm. Freetown, Massachusetts. And also, this is the bottom right corner of the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. Uh. So it's Pukwudgie territory. Um, East Freetown had a point where they had so many Pukwudgie sightings in the span of six months that they put up signs outside of the forest that said Pukwudgie Crossing on them. Really? Yeah. So that's what? like definitely your best wow. place to go if you want to see a puck wedgie. What time frame was that? Like year year one? Like 2016. Really? Oh, wow. I, I could be wrong. It's gone now. Okay. I went. Okay. The last time I went down there was um, the end of fall last year. Um, mm. Kind of closed out the season on my, my puck wedgie investigation before it got too cold. And wow. the signs have been gone for a long time. And I'm kind of okay. sad because I, I, you know, I'm like, if someone was going to steal them, I wanted that someone to be me because I want one of those. That's but, true. Although, kids, stealing signs is really not fun and don't do it. Okay? <laughs> For legal reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> exactly. No, that's fine. I have the paranoid disclosure at the end of my episode, so I'm good. That's fair. <laughs> Although it's like whatever. But um, man, that whole I so I if you if you know, uh, I, I think I've, I've said this around you a few times, but like when I was out there, I wasn't into the whole cryptid thing. So it's like there's so much I missed. So really, I just need to go back and I need to like I've never gone to that part of Massachusetts where the the um, the puck wedgie like, you know, the Bridgewater Triangle is like. Yeah, well, you get the added bonus, know? too, that there's so yeah. many other things in that area like it's Mm. and that's why it's called the bridgewater triangle and why it's singled out is like it's an area of like crazy high strangeness um and there's a ton of ufo sightings we got puck wedgies we have sasquatches we have thunderbirds Mm -hmm. um there's things about banshees and poltergeists and also the uh freetown fall river state forest is only a couple miles away from the lizzie borden house oh snap yeah. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on in that area that kind of adds to uh, the phenomena that everybody's seeing there. So it's definitely worth going to. That's one of those things where it's like it doesn't matter who you are, but if you grew up in Massachusetts, it's like you heard it as a nursery rhyme. You're like, well, Lucy Borden, you know, 40 wax. I won't say the whole yep. thing, but it's like, and it's like you're not thinking about as a little kid. At least I wasn't. I wasn't realizing not what I was saying, but it's like that's that's terrible. And then like mm-hmm. out in the Iowa, we have um oh geez, I'm losing all credibility. There's the uh <laughs> Velisca house out here, which I'm not okay. a big fan of. Um, but it's another axe murder house. There's a, a famous ghost adventures episode. Uh, I may, I actually feel like maybe I've seen that because it's the one when Zach is on on the ground and he's like he's like if if you're here, totally take this axe and, and <laughs> yes, well, you know I have seen head. that one. And I'm like, dude, Zach, if there's an earthquake in Iowa, you're dead, man. It doesn't matter if yeah. there's ghosts or not. Like, dude. Oh, but, yeah. Ghost Adventures you know. is one of my guilty pleasure TV shows because I know it it's is garbage, too, but I love it. Zach, you're always <laughs> welcome to come on. I, I've, <laughs> The invite is out there totally because you you totally listen. He just joined the Patreon. He didn't join the Patreon. Could you I just imagine got, that? like, really? He took me a moment to process <laughs> what you said, but that would have been so sick. No, he totally didn't. But uh, someday, maybe I will chat with him. Who knows? Yeah. We'll get to we'll that see. point. It's okay. We'll get to that point. It's a it's a slow burn, you know. <laughs> it's a slow burn up to Zach Baggins. But uh, wow. 
I've got a few questions for you here. Cool. Um, what it, you listen to the podcast sometimes in this like first question, I'm almost to the point where I've been so burned by it that I'm almost not wanting to ask anymore, but I'm going to ask okay. it and it's awkward. I'm going to ask it. So okay. what should I ask about you that I didn't know enough to ask? Um, I think when it comes to uh, like what I do and like my part in the community, I think that's it. But like, mm. I don't know. I feel like I have some things about me that could surprise people. I feel so too. You want to know that? Totally. Yeah. Um, well, I really like drag. Okay, drag is like, cool. I was part of the drag community in Southern New Hampshire for a really okay. long time. Um, cool. I've, I've been put in drag once. Wow. It looked terrible. It was not for me. Gotcha. Um, I did a, and I would love to do this again, you know, after COVID and once there's an opportunity to, I took part in a staged wrestling match. That was a wow, whole show. Really? That's cool. Mm -hmm. okay. And it was me and my best friend. We were goons for a super villain. And uh, mm. our part was to drag one of the announcers into the ring and kind of just beat him up. And okay. going along with the story, I ripped off his arm, which was a Whoa. cardboard tube with a hand nice. on the end of it and kind nice. of hit him with it a bunch of times. Um, and we, we ended up becoming goons for the, the ultimate super villain at the end to which we Whoa. had to drink fake blood and spit it on the crowd. Oh, so, so this isn't, this is intense. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is I was covered intense, in fake blood like, for weeks. This is more like, this feels <laughs> like a backyard wrestling kind of, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. It was a, a fundraiser event for a DIY venue in mm. uh, the area that I live in. Okay. So cool. it was really fun. Um, I wow. also, let's see. I feel like people are always surprised by this, but I was like a punk for a very long time. I'm not surprised. And like a hardcore kid, but like, Absolutely I feel like not surprised. sometimes I post stuff and people are like, what do you mean you like this, this band? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, first off, people should back off because it's like, who are you to say that? Oh, hey, Jeremiah loves the movie. Ernest goes to camp. Like, oh, back <laughs> off. like, yeah, whatever. you know, like who cares if you like it and you're into it? That's awesome. I also really yeah. like pop music. A big fan of pop music. Okay, how about pop like, goes? How about uh, pop goes punk? Do you remember those CDs? Punk goes pop. Yes, those are the ones. Yes, That's some classic I still stuff. listen to those. Okay. Um, also, I was Twitter famous when I was fifteen. That's a fun fact about me. Oh, I I think I vaguely remember. We yeah. talked about this briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a yeah. cool story. I was Twitter famous when I was 15 and I was like very big in the metalcore scene. And mm. um, a lot of people kind of were just like, Kenzie's really cool. We really like her. And I made a lot of friendships with a lot of like dudes and bands. Um, and it was not as creepy as it sounds. I promise none of them made advances totally, yeah, on yeah. me. We were just yep. friends. Um, cool. But for probably like five or six years of my life, I didn't pay to get into shows. Um, I got guest listed nice. to all of them. I got to meet nice. a lot of really cool people, including like my all-time favorite band and like got to have a lot of really cool experiences just because people thought I was funny on the internet, which was interesting because <laughs> I was 15 and had nothing actual interesting totally. to say. So totally. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what else. I have a cat. I've seen that. So this is why you need to subscribe to the YouTube because if you go to the video on YouTube, you can see this cat go back and forth like a mm -hmm. hundred times. Yep. She's down over here. Yep. 
Yeah, she, Very she's cool. probably sitting on the bathroom floor. Okay, so that was solid. That was actually like that was some solid background about uh, (laughs) Kenzie. That if the listeners don't really know you now, they're like, oh, she's got a lot of cool stuff going on besides cryptozoology. So I am a multifaceted person for sure. Oh, totally, totally. (laughs) What are you most excited about uh, right now? This could be anything. Okay, so I'm really excited about this because it's only a couple weeks away. Um, My friends and I are going down to Maryland for Sarah's uh, Snallygaster whiskey tasting event. Oh, no way. Um, Yeah, and as of literally yesterday, we we kind of finalized those plans and booked our hotel. Nice. Um, So we'll be driving down. I'm so excited to see Sarah. Uh, There's going to be axe throwing. So excited to throw an axe. Um, Sarah's going to show us Goatman's Bridge. And she's also going to bring us to um, the Civil War Medicine Museum. Okay. Which sounds neat. Um, She's going to show us around the area that she lives, which I'm really excited about. So that's like the the one thing I'm super stoked about at this moment. Actually, let's let's plug this event. So uh, so it's an event put on by Sarah with the uh, the I think it's Dragon Distillery. So Dragon really? Distillery plus Sarah runs the American Snallygaster Museum, which is the actual yes. name, right? Um, and they're doing yes. like a combo where they're uh, they're doing a tasting event. Yeah, so it's yeah. Um, a Snallygaster branded whiskey, basically. Oh, okay. Um, it is Saturday, May eighth, in uh, Frederick, Maryland. Um, if you are hearing this and you're interested, uh, please message me because I will send you the link to the event. Uh, it's free. It's going to be like drink tasting and a bunch of vendors um, and also axe throwing again, just going to mention that again, cause that's sick. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited because I can't wait to see Sarah. <laughs> that's, that's the highlight. Yeah, for me no, that'll be Sarah. cool. That'll be the first time that you guys have actually like, I don't know if yeah. any of us have really, you know, that whole yeah. COVID thing, but I feel like yeah. it'll be definitely one of the best days when we all do finally get to meet. I think so. Although it sounds like uh, CryptidCon is going to be super crazy. Uh, yes. Most of most of the peeps are going to be there, it sounds We're like. We're going to figure so. out how to get you there, Jeremiah. We're yeah, going to make we'll it happen. See. Hey, guys, you know how you can get me places? Is This is a crazy plug for me, but go on my Etsy and buy the little stickers I'm making because literally when I sell out of those stickers, hey, you've got – oh, I'm right next to Conjure Dust. Look at that. Yeah. Those are really – you, you can't get them anymore but seriously so what i'm doing is i'm doing like you know i'm literally having the stickers made and then sent to my house and then i'm yeah. like selling them through etsy then i get those sold then i buy more and then mm-hmm. i buy more and then i go to the mothman festival it's as easy yes. as that guys so yeah that's if you want to see can me we just cool like, places can you start a gofundme for CryptidCon so that we can all just give you money just no nah, i gotta put in the specifically work. i gotta put in the work I don't know. Okay. GoFundMe sounds a little, feels a little weird, but yeah. Maybe, yeah. Jeremiah to CryptidCon. We just, yeah. listen, everyone else is going to be there. You got to come hang out with us. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll cross our fingers. We'll cross yes. our fingers. Um, next question. Um, what are in, maybe I'll make this a little different, but the, so the, the normal question is, what are the top books someone getting into Bigfoot should have on their bookshelf? I will, if you want, we can make that into cryptozoology. 
yeah i think i as a per i like bigfoot we all know this about me but my main focus is not bigfoot and that being so i'm gonna expand a little um but cryptozoology a to z by lauren totally great book I use that in reference for my research all the time. Yep. It's awesome. Uh, Chasing American Monsters. I don't know how to oh, say Oh, that's this a good encyclopedia name. one too. Yeah, show the show the YouTube audience that Kenzie uh, is totally researching hardcore. Look yes. at all those post-its. I also have, I just picked up a couple books at the museum the other day and I'm going to oh, go really? get them because they're just inside my room. Totally, yeah, go um, for it. But they're great. I'm going to check for questions. Hmm. Should I ask any more of these questions? I don't know. <laughs> uh, do I, do, do, I just come back with my whole stack of books, but <clears throat> some good ones are okay. Mysterious America. Okay. Another Laura nice. Coleman book. Yep. Um, this one, oh, this is Cryptozoology A to Z. Uh, so I was reading through that the other day too. He mm-hmm. needs to put a second edition out on that. I agree. Because it's like, there's like Olympic Project, NAWAC, all that stuff. Like, there's so much stuff. But Maybe I'll pass that along yeah, when, when I go when, to the museum. Are those signed um, too? Some of them, yeah. I yeah, have cool. the, I think Mysterious America is signed. Nice. I just grabbed whatever was on. But yeah, this one's signed. Rocking, rocking. Um, yep. I also have, these ones aren't like... These are very like location specific and like cryptid specific, but also really it. good. I've been reading this all day. Cryptid Creatures of Florida. Oh yeah, Scott Marlowe. I think didn't he just uh, pass away this last year? I think. I'm I don't pretty know. sure he did. That I well, that's that sad. looks like a really good book though. It is great. I've been reading yeah. it all day. I read a bunch <laughs> of stuff about like deep sea cryptids off of Florida, which was really good. Um, this Lauren Coleman book about Mothman and other like totally. winged weirdos. And then this is also a great book. Sarah sent this to me. Um, this Mysteries and Lore of Western Maryland. It's Oh, yeah, I have that one too. Yeah. It's really good, isn't it? It's very specific to like Maryland and like the Maryland roots of a lot of this these cryptids, which is my only qualm because there's a couple cryptids that have like roots in other places that isn't mentioned. But that's like a very specific, like nitpicky mm-hmm. thing for me. So yeah, I actually, um, I interviewed uh, Susan, I believe her name is Susan Fair, the author of that book mm-hmm. about uh, Snallygaster. Like there's info in that book that she found that is not in any other book I could find on yeah. Snallygaster. Like it's very, she did some crazy investigative journalist into old newspaper stuff. Like she's yeah. good. Yeah. No, I definitely, I liked reading it. I was like, this is great, but I am very like. The way I do research and the way I present research is is just different. So I was like a little bit picky about it, but that's that's a me problem. That's not a that's else you problem. know that's actually um, that's a good talking point. So that's something that started to come up in the interviews, and I really like it because uh, one we need to so current age cryptozoolo- cryptozoologists, I believe, need to realize that all the information is not on the internet. Mm-hmm. that's huge Very true. um but how um like how are you viewing um investigating researching the way i like to research is especially when i do research for my podcast when i do research mm. specifically for my investigations it's a little bit different okay. um but when i research for my podcast i like to focus on like 
the actual origins of some of these cryptids, whether it be indigenous or mm. German in the example of the Snallygaster um, totally. or Dutch in the example of uh, Tommyknockers, things like that. I'd like to like really get down to like the, the roots of the cryptids just because I yep, feel like it gives it awesome. some necessary background. Um, and when I'm presenting it on my podcast, I like to format it that way and just be like, here's a little extra background about the Snallygaster, for example. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, this was a legend brought over by, um, German immigrants and that's how it kind of stuck its claws in, in Maryland. Totally. Um, totally. but when I go out and do field investigation, I just research like things specific to that area and like information specific to that area. Cause that's where I'm going to be. Um, and that's like, I mean, there's factors that are all out there, but they might not apply to where I am specifically. So mm. I kind of like to try to weed out and like only focus on like what is, um, I guess, relevant to where I actually am. Gotcha. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Um, a few uh, smaller questions to get your viewpoints on certain things. So well, what is uh, Bigfoot according to how you view it? I think Bigfoot is a flesh and blood creature. Mm-hmm. I think I know literally last night I was like, I don't know where I stand on that. And afterwards <laughs> I was like, no, I do know where I stand on that. I think it's a flesh That's and blood creature. That, it's not out yet. So like, that would be really funny if you hadn't said something. Cause then like, yeah, but yeah, whatever. Calm down yeah. people. Calm down. I mean, you know, sometimes on clubhouse, <laughs> I just start speaking and I don't really know where I'm going with it. So clubhouse I get there eventually, get but kids. it's fine. Yep. Um, but I definitely think that that Bigfoot is flesh and blood. I think that the Sasquatch is like just an undiscovered mm-hmm. primate type creature i agree yep that's that's pretty much my viewpoint as well but hey it's cool because uh on this podcast we get all sorts of viewpoints and it's a fun time yeah it's uh, fun to talk about. it is it's fun and you can even if it's like so you're talking to someone and they're totally like not aligning with what you view you can still get stuff from them. they can still get stuff from you which is cool yeah so we're all here to um, learn exactly is mothman good or something else or what are your viewpoints on on mothman that whole thing? i i don't know really where i land when it comes to mothman because i think that mothman being seen as a harbinger of doom does kind of make a little bit of sense he did happen to show up only before really horrible things happened um mm. but i don't know if i necessarily think that that was his whole purpose was to be like an omen of bad things um mm. i don't know i think if we had um you know a whole bunch of modern mothman sightings i know we had the chicago ones but if if we had more than just the initial uh you know point pleasant sightings and then the bridge collapse and stuff um i think like we could all form a a more solid opinion on it you know it's like Mm -hmm. i feel like for me at least there's just not enough out there for me to have like a a definitive answer for this question (laughs) i get it and that's okay that's fine. Uh, I will say this um, in case people aren't all about the YouTube content. Um, uh, maybe hold off on putting the baked beans around the Mothman statue so it doesn't get taken down. I do I'm think that's say, so funny, though. Uh, it, it's hilarious, but so I, funny. I will be so mad if it gets taken down and before I get there just because of some dang baked beans. <laughs> 
my goodness. I it will be oh like flames out of my hands. I angry. I would be surprised but, if they ever actually took it down. Like I really I like I, I know, know we talked about this on the like five I, yeah, minute we did. news. Yep. But I don't know. I really feel like enough people would probably sign the petition to get him back up there that like it might Oh yeah, totally. It might be a yeah. worthless like it, it might not be worth the effort to take him down just to have to put him back up. Um, I don't know if you were in, I can't remember where I talked about this, but it was so long ago, you know, Alibaba, the, um, it's like a a website where you can buy stuff directly from, um, Chinese distributors. Oh, I didn't know that. No. So you can. And so I was really bored one night and I was looking up different cryptids supposedly. So I looked up Mothman supposedly you can buy a life-size replica of the Mothman statue and have it delivered to your house. Wait, that's important. And I want to have money raised for that to see how terrible this replica is. Or maybe it's the same, like, what if it was the same exact replica? Like, it would be amazing. But That would be great. How much was it? Uh, It was thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, come on. I know. I want to buy it for my living room. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) That would be so, make like a, a bird bath out of it or something. (laughs) um what are your thoughts about uh dog man is terrifying yeah terrifying right terrifying terrifying i Mm. i think that there is a very good chance that dog man exists i don't want to meet him i want him to stay away from me i'm there are very few cryptids i'm actually like terrified to run Mm -hmm. into in the woods and like dog man is number one for sure i don't want anything to do with him i want him to stay away from me and when I learned that there were like a substantial amount of dogman sightings in New Hampshire, I was like, "Yeah, that's I can never go to the woods again." It's like legitimately so, terrified. Here's the thing: uh, you hear stories about like, "Oh, this Bigfoot was nice and ate an apple pie and then left you a <laughs> bunch of marbles and you know was whistling Andy Griffith," but you never hear the story where it's like, "Oh, Dogman was such a cool dude and played Connect Four with me," and then bingo like it's always like dog man will mess you up i think dog man probably has like a really nice relationship with moose and that's why they have such a bad attitude (laughs) they've learned from the moose and now they're mean to humans and someone amazing uh do like i would just there's gotta be like some like dog man moose combo just like messing up the woods i don't know there's something there maybe it's like a that feels like a weird meta zoo thing but Mm -hmm. um what do you think do you is there uh so what's the possibility of living dinosaurs what are your thoughts on that no no it's out no it's out there's no raptors in puerto rico no okay i my roommates bring this up to me all the time because they know i hate it Mm. i hate the theory okay that that anything could have survived extinction. Now, I don't hate the theory that things could be descendants of prehistoric hmm. creatures. I don't okay. I don't think it's unrealistic to think because we're all a descendant of something that lived way, way long ago. You know, okay. like modern animals and modern wildlife that we have are sure. all descendants of something. And so I don't think that's crazy, but I refuse to believe that there is a prehistoric dinosaur running around anywhere that has just survived. No, 
Not in the Congo. To. Oh, wow. The only, and you okay. know what? I might, I maybe I have to rethink this because the coelacanth is like a prehistoric fish that like was thought to be extinct for 65 million years and like is very much still around. So like maybe True. I'm wrong, but like when it comes to like, oh, there's a cryptid in Australia that's like, um, oh man, I'm not going to be, be able to remember the name of it. I don't know any Australian cryptids except for the Yowie. So it starts with a I'm B. right there it's with like you. Bure, Burep or something. I don't know. Um, no, it's not the Bunya, no. but something okay. different. And it's literally hmm. a dinosaur. And I'm like, I don't think so. Real? Sir, oh, yeah, I think that we sounds really that. familiar. Yeah. They did, there was an episode of it on Destination Truth with Josh Gates. That's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Josh Gates. Love him. Someday. Mm-hmm. Someday. We'll get there. Along with Zach Baggins, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, Making I don't the like the dinosaur theory. Slowly. I yeah. I am not here for the dinosaur theory, and I hate it a lot. And yeah, I know people bring it up to me sometimes because they know I don't like it. But well, here's the thing: it's like, like it. you know they're going to be cloned because stuff keeps melting up in Siberia, and they keeps finding more stuff. And then it's like you know, that's why I'm like, okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's a different, that's a different podcast. Sorry. I was, about, I was about to go a little weird, but it's fine. Maybe there'll be dinosaurs in the future. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, what is your top evidence for Bigfoot? What do you consider the top evidence? I, I'm a really strong believer in the Patterson Gimlin footage. I really mm-hmm. am. I know that awesome. it's something that we've, that's been debated a bunch, but I personally think that it's, it holds some validity. And I, I think that that's like a real piece of evidence, but also the, just like how many footprints there are, like how many like casts of footprints have, have been made. Um, I just, I think that's yep. like a really solid piece of evidence. It's like, they're coming from all over the, the globe and <clears throat> yeah. there's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I don't know. My top evidence is the documentary Sasquatch on Hulu. That's the, <laughs> I went into that being like, this is going to be so great. It's going to be about a murderous Sasquatch. And then I was like, okay, weed. Okay. So we won't spoil. Well, okay. I am going to spoil one part. So close your ears. If you, you had time to watch it. So did you watch the first episode? I watched all of it. You watched all, I haven't finished it yet, but so the first episode is like, really, there's a lot of Bigfoot in it. And yeah, my, I was favorite, impressed with some of the people that they got on the show. I was like, this is so sick. The The funniest part is like when uh, Bob Hieronymus is like, yeah, and he doesn't even like blah, blah, blah anymore. And he doesn't even wave at his, me. His wife is like, <laughs> well, actually, he he waved the other day, Bob. It's like, yeah, Bob, take that, dude. That little feud That's super between funny. them is oh, so man. funny to me. I was talking I, to my uh, roommates about it afterwards because I was like, you know, Bob Hieronymus is the one who said he wore the Bigfoot suit. And I was right. like, and I was like, these two in this documentary had me cracking up because oh man, Bob yeah. Gimlin was like not having it, and Bob Hieronymus was like, he doesn't even wave at me anymore. <laughs> I was like, this is so oh, funny. Yeah. I was like, I would watch. Did you ever watch the documentary King of Kong? I don't think so. Okay, or like it just it feels like there should be a movie starring the two of them and like their crazy yeah. adventures and like I must just I, like, yeah, I think I agree playing checkers but like hey remember the time you said i hoaxed this thing and blah blah, blah. like it would be so good yeah it's, it's like so they good. like hate each other but 
trying to still like I don't know other. if Bob Gim. I think Bob Gimlin. I don't know if he. Well, I think there's some resentment there. There's, there, a there's bit, some. At least. There's something there, but I just think Mr. Gimlin's the heart of gold. Heart of gold. Life I've never met waves. him. I'm just you know that's by everything I'm seeing. But um, anywho, anywho. Wow, I so I'm so glad that one. I was able to get you on the podcast because it's like you definitely have been on the list all along. Ever oh. since I've heard <laughs> the Specter Musa Man, I was like, "Wow, Kenzie knows their stuff." I got to get her story. So I'm glad that you could uh, you had some free time to come on tonight. It's really really good time. Um, do you mind doing a quick overview or just an overview of how like how people can keep up to date with um, with stuff that you are doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I have three Instagram pages you can follow if you'd like. I don't know how you do that. My goodness. Well, Sarah runs the other podcasts one. Okay. And if you notice, gotcha. I don't post on the Crypto Chats podcast one that much because it, I just am tired. Fair enough. Um, so my personal Instagram is at Cryptid Baddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the uh, at the Crypto Chats podcast. Uh, that is my solo podcast page. And then I have at Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls. Uh, mm-hmm. And that one is my shared podcast with Sarah Cooper. Um, that one has less about me and more about our chaotic project. But right. um, and I also have a Twitter as well. And I post about, you know, random theories and stuff on there. And that's at Cryptid Batty. So those nice. are some good places that you can kind of keep in touch with me. Rock and roll. Definitely check out all of Kenzie's stuff. And if you want to get involved with the conversation, Definitely, uh, you can contact uh, myself um, if you have an iPhone at this time, and uh, we can get you on Clubhouse. And we chat every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central and uh, other times. So we, you can uh, hang out with us and chat about cryptids and stuff. And hopefully, uh, by the end of next month, Android should be available on that. We'll oh, see. Yeah. That'll open That's up the floodgates. But uh, <laughs> um yeah, so uh, Kenzie is going to stick around for a little bit uh, longer for uh, the Patreon side of the podcast, uh, which you can uh, hear her. She's going to share a few extra stories, and you can hear that for $5 a month to support the podcast. So thank you for doing uh, that, Kenzie. But thank you again for, uh, for coming on and hanging out. Thanks for having me. Big thanks again to Kenzie for coming on the podcast and hanging out. Again, check out her podcast uh, for more cryptozoology content. Uh, You can go to the Crypto Chats podcast and also listen to her talk with her friend Sarah Cooper from the American Snallygaster Museum on the podcast Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls podcast. Check them out. Links are in the show notes. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch, Greg Morrill from the Order 66 podcast, we have Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands, Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay, Lauren from Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes leave a review on itunes uh, stitcher and uh, your preferred podcast platform 
And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at BigfootSociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot, Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. One last thing, guys. We need to talk about the new Clubhouse app. Uh, it's currently in beta. It is an audio-only platform. I am currently setting up uh, the cryptozoology community on Clubhouse. So if you have Clubhouse... Look up uh, my name, which is public and out there, Jeremiah Byron, and um, it's username at Bigfoot Society. And add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, you're gonna get hooked. So check it out. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.